Right now, let's talk about the dogs. Jake Roos is with us from DogsHQ.com, at Roos Recruiting, and, of course, uh, DogsHQ, part of the On3.com network. Jake, if we were a Major League Baseball game, you'd be on a timer, so talk fast. Hey, man, that's a, that's what I do, man. I talk fast, get to the points quick. Uh, first time, <laughs> long time, let's go. <laughs> I like it, I like it. All right, the Combine is this week. And I, I think all Georgia fans are going to be really excited to watch the combine over those four or five days just to see kind of how, how things go. Um, who are you most looking forward to watching in the combine as far as their ability to really help themselves? You know, I think the guy that I'm looking forward to the most is probably Darnell Washington. I think that what he can do is pretty exciting. Um, you know, I think that – if he runs the way that people think he can run, you know, in that four to six range at 270 pounds, he's going to do himself a lot, a lot of favors. He's going to have guys falling all over themselves to get uh, in on that action. So uh, I, I think Washington's definitely that guy. Also, too, I'm really intrigued by uh, Keely Ringo because I think that I've seen a lot of mock drafts lately that don't have him as a first-round guy. And I think that he's another guy who's going to bring in a lot of tools that uh, will really impress uh, people. You know, he was always going to be, I think, a combine star. We knew that even in high school. He was tremendous in, in those events then. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, he can do himself a lot of favors, boost his stock even further. Let's talk about Darnell a bit because you watched him. You went to Vegas or Henderson, rather. Uh, they don't like to be called Vegas and Henderson. Uh, you went to Henderson to see this kid, and and he obviously had a, a, a great run at Georgia. If you're an NFL ex- evaluator, and especially, like you say, if you see him run the way he could run in this combine, I mean, how do you not fall in love with this kid? Yeah, no, I, I'm of the exact same mind, Bill. I think that the I think the intangibles are just going to be too much for people to pass up on. Um, you know, he has was he the most productive guy Georgia's ever had? No, but he also had a guy named Brock Bowers who was hanging on for two years, uh, kind of making some noise at the same spot. You know, in terms of the game, I think what he brings is so invaluable. He's a he's a very, very competent blocker. I think we saw that throughout his career, and that grew over time. But he's also such a weapon in the passing game, and I think yeah. that he can even further develop and utilize that skill set at the next level. Um, I think overall he's going to be a hard guy for a lot of teams to pass on when you just bet on measurables alone. Do you think you would prefer to have him go to a team that does have a good tight end already for him to be a compliment at least at first and then maybe grow into that role? Or, I mean, and I ask that because, uh, again, trying to put yourself in the shoes of an NFL evaluator, you see how he worked with Brock Bowers. I, I don't know, and with all due respect to Darnell, I don't know if you can't tell his story without – talking about how he complimented the best tight end in football here the last two years. So do you think that's going to matter as far as where he lands and the best fit for him? You know, I think that that could play into it. And and really, I think that that would probably be a a really advantageous situation for him. We don't think about that typically, right, in terms of tight ends or really people outside of quarterbacks. But, you know, the idea of being able to kind of work with a guy for a couple of years Learning at that level, I mean, it's going to be tough for him because it's not like there's somebody who's going to be in his same frame and say, well, here's how you do it. There's just not a lot of people built like that. Maybe you can go in the offensive line room and get some tips. But, you know, I think that he's a guy that can benefit from that. And, um, you know, I think that, like you said, he's played great complementary football over the course of his career. I think a, a start like that would be good for him. And then, you know, is it the possibility that he could take over? Certainly. I, I think that uh, some skill, some uh, 
team will be able to to figure out how to utilize him in the future. But, yeah, I, I think a, another year or so of development in the league uh, would not hurt his chances at all of uh, playing long-term. By the way, Mel Kuyper's updated mock draft came out today, and he had the enemy, the New Orleans Saints, taking Darnell Washington, which I always hate when they get a Georgia player because I don't like to rip my clothing and just absolutely say they're dead to me. But, uh, you know, look, I think – they need a quarterback, so Darnell Washington could help a team that needs a quarterback find one because he's really a good threat. And they have a hole at tight end, uh, Kuyper says. I, I I just – I mean, I I hate to say this, but I look at Atlanta, and I know they'd have to probably get higher than their second rounder because there ain't no way he's going to last to the second round. But, man, putting him with Kyle Pitts, Jake – that would no. That would be that would be dangerous. Now listen, he played at Georgia, so we probably don't have to worry about that in the long term. I don't think uh, Atlanta being the destination for him. But uh, you know, he's he is a guy. I think if you were to pair those two guys together, just from a pure physicality standpoint, oh my god, that would be it. Would be absolutely ridiculous, and it would honestly open up a lot of the things I think that Georgia did this year. Yeah, um, you know, and that's got to be pretty intriguing. I would think. Um, you know, another guy that I, I think it would make a lot of sense for is. Uh, Todd Munkin up there in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. You know how do you how do you bring how do you bring him in and continue that success? I think Mark Andrews is still around for another year or two up there. So how do you kind of uh, you know play off of that tight end uh, those tight end roles? Something he's had success with that could be a pretty natural fit too if they're looking in that direction. Well, and with all due respect to this kid, Michael Meyer, the kid from Notre Dame, is six four two sixty five. It's not like he's you know uh, Gary Coleman from different strokes here. He's a big kid too, and he. It's just a different kind of player than what Darnell was. Darnell, I mean, just when you saw Darnell on that field, it was like, God, Georgia's got six offensive linemen on the field, and that guy can catch it too. He's a very, he's a true unicorn. Uh, he's, yeah. he's one of the rarest players that I've ever seen in terms of his physical makeup and his ability at that size. You know, the, the, the scary thing about Darnell is that, you know, he can, he can go and be successful as a pass catcher, and I think that's what he wants to do. But if somebody really wants to, if somebody, sorry about that. If somebody really gets the uh, gets the notion uh, to do it, uh, you know, and maybe tight ends not working out, he gets the yips with the hands. Hey, maybe you pack thirty pounds on him and teach him how to play guard. I mean, he's got that kind of frame. Uh-huh. He's got that kind of versatility. He's a guy that, like I said, I'm just excited to watch the development and see how he's able to capitalize on all of these things over the course of his uh, career because. He's such a rare, rare prospect, and, and, and such a he's going to be a fun story, no doubt. And how somebody handles him, I think, really is what it ultimately boils down to. I think he'll put in the work, but how does he fit into a scheme? Absolutely, yeah. You you have to to enjoy the process with him, and I can't wait to see what he runs to because he's just he's a beast. I mean, the first time I saw him on the field a couple of years ago, I was like, my God, it's like the Incredible Hulk was just running down the field, but he had speed. He wasn't. You know, Lou Ferrigno speed, it was it was just out of this world speed. So, anyway, we'll see. Hey, uh, Jalen Carter's not going to participate with the exception of the interviews at the Combine and wait. I, I guess that's mainly top-of-the-draft type thing that happens, right? You don't always see the top guys perform at the Combine. You think he'll be okay even not doing that? What's he got left to prove? I mean, that's what I yeah. would say. I, I don't I don't think – it's and listen, if you're convinced that he's the number one pick uh, last week, I don't think that this changes that at all. Right. Um, it, it doesn't in my mind anyway. And listen, if if it does, then I hope it changes minds enough for him to fall to the Atlanta Falcons. That would be an absolute uh, gem for them. But, you know, I, I think that it's not something that I, I feel like benefits him a great deal. 
Um, could he maybe even potentially injure his stock? Yeah, that's not out of the question either. So I think that it's a smart play. Um, you know, people aren't going to love it necessarily, but, you know, he'll get out there. He'll, I, I think he'll do pretty much everything he needs to at the Georgia Pro Day and then uh, go from there. But I, I don't see it being a big hesitation creator for a lot of teams. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's again, a, a very rare talent. And unlike Darnell, you feel like maybe he's a plug-and-play guy. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Well, and yeah, I, I, I'm sure all Georgia slash Falcons fans are saying, you know, those two yahoos on the radio are really funny if they think Georgia's going to, or rather the Falcons are going to trade up to get Carter or, or trade up in the late first to get Darnell. But you, you again, I, I mean, as you were saying that about Jalen, because Russ and I were talking in the first hour about a free agent possibility being signed to compliment Grady Jarrett. How about Jalen Carter complimenting Grady Jarrett? I mean, that is something that they've got to look at and be a little tempted with, don't you? And Jalen's – I mean, I, I am convinced, Jake, I don't know about you, he's not going one because the Bears are going to trade that pick. He's either going three or four, don't you think? Yeah, I, I do think that. I, I'm feeling that way more and more each day, to be honest with you, from everything I'm reading. Uh, it does seem that that's going to be the case. But, yeah, listen, I, I mean, I said, I said, I, I hope I was, I hope the Falcons were the ones behind the Todd McShay character slander. <laughs> They're not uh, that you smart, know, Jake. You know that. <laughs> I, I was, that was, that was exactly what I was hoping for. Um, yeah, you know, if, I, I think that would be amazing. Listen, if, if you could go, to, to have a compliment to Grady Jarrett like that, and, and let's, you know, call it what it is. Grady Jarrett's getting a little old in terms of the league years. So, you know, he's got some, some tread left on the tires, but it's not like he's going to be around another 10 years. This is a guy who could come in and inherit that room and really, really just set the tone for the next couple of years. And quite frankly, the Falcons haven't had anybody like him in a long time. I doubt they'll get him this time, but hey, listen. I, it's, we're, we're in dream season right now. That's right. Well, they had their chance to get Jordan, and they instead took a receiver. So, uh, anyway, I don't think we're all going to keep our hopes up for that. Jake Roos is our guest. We're talking a little bit about the NFL Combine and the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, uh, you, you mentioned Khalil Ringo, and, again, as you said, he's kind of all over the draft. But uh, he's also the type, it's kind of like last year, the top of the draft was a couple of those guys, Stingley and the, uh, um, 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 the Sauce Gardner. I mean, those are the kind of players that a team can fall in love with, too. I could see a team watching Kelly Ringo this week and kind of falling in love with him and taking him at a little bit higher than people may think. Because right now, Jake, most most mocks seem to have him in second. I think, like you say, he could really do himself some good if he wins the affection of an executive this week in Indianapolis. 100,000%, man. I think if he runs the way that, again, we think that he can, you know, if if he's in that low 4-3s, you know, at mid four threes, like you know, like we saw him in high school, and maybe he's worked on that form a little bit. Maybe he's got a little bit more explosiveness over the court last couple of years. You know, that's going to be hard for people to tur- turn down, especially in his frame. That's what's really intriguing about him. I mean, he's almost six foot three. You know, I, there's to me, there's a lot of like Cam Chancellor to his game, and he mm-hmm. was such a threat for the Seahawks for so many years. You know. I think what teams have to figure out with Ringo is, is he, a, is his future in corner? Is he a lockdown corner for you? Or is he a guy who takes that big frame and gets physical with it and comes from the safety spot and is able to, you know, rush passer from back there or keep up with guys in deep field with that exceptional speed? He's going to have to figure that out. And I think that may be where some of the hesitance is coming from right now is how does he fit in positionally. But I think a lot of those questions will get answered in Indianapolis once teams have a chance to see him in person, evaluate him, and see him run. 
you think Broderick Jones, especially when you compare him to a couple of the offensive linemen that have come out of Georgia the last few years, which it's been a really good group. They've been on a good run here, even with the six-rounder who the Falcons passed on incorrectly and went good to – Yeah, I know. I, I, me and you talked that day, and I'm like, what the hell did they – but anyway, let's don't get caught on that. I, I mean, Georgia's had a really good run of offensive linemen here. Does Broderick fit right into that mold, and, and is he a first-round talent, in your opinion? Yeah, I do think he's a first-round talent. I think Broderick Jones is best football ahead of him, um, and, and that's pretty scary. But, you know, he's a perfect frame for it, strong as an ox, um, just brings it all to the table. Um, you know, a multi-year starter, a guy who's had a lot of experience over his career and, and inherited the room with guys who are doing it at a high level in the league right now, and Andrew Thomas and, and then uh, Isaiah Wynn. So I, I think Broderick Jones should be a first-round talent. You know, uh, I think for him it'll probably come down to strength, and I don't see that being a problem for him. I think uh, he'll lift well this week, and, um, you know, I think as long as as long as long it all holds as it should, I, I feel really, really good about his chances, and I think he'll be an exceptional lineman in the league for many years to come. Does Chris Smith convince anybody this week? Does he Is he able to, to do that perhaps? You know, I think you, Chris could boost his stock, sure. I mean, I don't think he's a first-round guy. Right. Um, I, I'd, I'd be shocked. And really, that's just about his frame, honestly. I, I, just, yeah. I don't think that teams doubt his leadership ability, his physicality, anything like that. He's just a true safety, and, and he's not Earl Thomas, so he's not right. going at five foot, you know, ten and a half, five eleven. So I think that um, you know, Chris is a guy who can boost his stock. Certainly, though, could he be uh, maybe a low second, high third? Yeah, I think that he could probably play himself into that with a great, great combine and an outstanding pro day. Uh, again, if a team falls in love with him. But I think from a, a, a just a personality standpoint, I think he's probably already impressed everybody to a really great degree. Oh, no question. Yeah, I, I think he could be a day two player as well. All right. Um, let's uh, let's talk – well, and I was going to mention, <laughs> can, can we hedge our bets on Baltimore taking one of the Bulldogs because of Todd Munkin going there? I'd be shocked if, if we don't see – I know we're two months away, but still, you know, Todd Munkin is going to have – Harbaugh's ear as they watch Bulldogs this week in Indianapolis. Offense yeah, and defense probably, aren't they? No, no, rightfully so, too. I mean, and also, I mean, they, they saw the rewards of having Roquan Smith on their team this Absolutely. year. I mean, they, they, know, they know how they're training them up in Athens. So I think that uh, they were probably already impressed, and now they've got some great insight with a guy who's worked with guys, you know, that are going to be, you know, highly sought after in this draft and maybe even sleepers to some degree in later rounds. Yeah, I think that that's a huge advantage for Baltimore, and uh, I definitely could see a, a dog or two maybe even landing uh, with the Ravens. All right, Jake, uh, the big news out of Athens here in the last couple of days, the fact that Glenn Schumann is not going to the Eagles uh, and he is staying at Georgia as the co-DC with with Will. Obviously, Will, we, we've seen Glenn Schumann go from an analyst at Alabama to a company Kirby and Mel Tucker from Nick Saban's staff when Kirby took over in 2016. And it was obvious that Kirby had the confidence in that young man at a very early age. Now he's still young. Uh, but what, what does that mean for this program to keep Glenn Schumann in place there with Will at that position? Massive. Uh, cannot be understated. Um, you know, you really – I don't think Glenn Schumann gets enough credit for the job that he's done, the continuity he's brought – Kirby Smart's first hire in Athens and has just not really looked back since. Has been an absolute monster on the recruiting trail. Um, is probably in line for a great head coaching job in the vein of something like uh, Dan Lanning got for his work. Um, you know, but the guy 
I, I know people want to hoist a lot of the credit on Will Muschamp, and rightfully so. He's Will Muschamp, one of the great defensive minds of this game, and has been for many, many years. Glenn Schumann has put himself in that tier as well, and I think the, the fact that you're able to keep those two guys together is something that uh, Georgia fans need to be thanking their stars for every day. Absolutely, absolutely. Jake, I wanted to ask you about a quarterback from Savannah. Of course, we're on the air in Savannah now, and Calvary Day's got a quarterback. Jake Merklinger, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, yeah, Jake Merklinger, a very uh, interesting and intriguing prospect. Uh, you know, a guy who's really seen his stock explode these last couple um, these last couple months. And uh, Georgia recently got into the fold. I think it's been about a, two months now, a month and a half roughly. Um, it, very intriguing with that young man. Georgia needs a second quarterback in this class. I, you've got to, I think what you have to figure out is, is how does that appeal to Jake Merklinger mostly. Uh, you know, Georgia wants a second quarterback, and I think they'd love for it to be Jake Merklinger or Dylan Riola for that matter. But, you know, does that, is that what Jake Merklinger sees for himself? Um, you know, because Michigan State and Tennessee, I think, are pretty much sending the, the message that you're the guy for this class. So how does that factor in with him? I don't know. He's a tremendous talent. Had a chance to speak with him on Sunday at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta, and he was uh, just a lights-out interview, very sharp, very calculated in his statements, um, you know, very respectful of everybody who's shown him attention and love, and, you know, said that it was a pretty special moment in his house when Georgia came through. His mom went to uh, Georgia for four years, uh, has a lot of great friends up there, a lot of great memories. They've been to Athens multiple times for games, et cetera. Um, you know, that was clearly one that, that caught his ear. And uh, Mike Bobo, a relationship that he already had established prior to Bobo being named OC. So, uh, you're definitely going to be a guy to continue to watch for uh, down the stretch for Georgia. Um, you know, I, I don't know that he's, you know, got anything locked in in terms of dates or anything like that as far as uh, a commitment. Um, he's got some spring visits coming up, and, and Georgia will be on that list. But, you know, there's time to go for this young man, and he doesn't seem to be in any rush. Um, is really taking his time with it. I think that, uh, you know, Georgia in a good spot with him. Uh, hard to say great at this point because he's really playing his cards tight. Do you think the transfer portal, which obviously is, is a part of the daily lexicon when it comes to college football recruiting now, makes it easier for a player like that who may not be the first choice? I mean, look. Let's let's be totally honest. With all due respect to Jake, uh, Georgia's going after the number one player in the country here with Dylan Dylan Rayola, and he is a very heralded prospect who would be perhaps one of the best prospects, great out wise, that Georgia's ever had. Probably right there with Justin Fields, I would imagine. Jay, you can correct me on that. But do you think now that there is a transfer portal that a player like that who may, because of his mom, for example, would love to go to Georgia? And then, okay, if he gets there and something happens where it's just not going to happen for him, then he can make a, a better decision kind of down the road about what he wants to do, whether it is to stay there and to be Dylan's backup or to go to, to Tennessee or wherever. Do you think that for, for these guys who aren't these slam dunk arch Manning Dylan Rayola types makes it a little bit easier to make a decision and have options in his future? You know, I think, yeah, I think that's, possible but i think that you've got to be really you you got to be really really willing to make a bet on yourself in that instance right because there's i mean there are a lot of these transfer portal stories that have not worked out successfully right so i think that you know yeah you can just you can take that thought process you can approach it that way 
but you better be ready for some bumps and bruises along the way because there ain't nothing guaranteed out there when it comes to that de- that deck transfer portal, man. And so, no. I, you know, that if you want to explore an option, yeah, that's probably a good way to do it. And, and I'll tell you what, Jake Merklinger, if that's what he wants to do, he's good enough to do that. I, I, I really, I truly believe that. But, um, you know, it's, again, like I said, that's a big roll of the dice. Well, and, and I ask that because from a team perspective, Jake, you, you said something, obviously, that is 100% correct, and that is that Georgia needs two quarterbacks this upcoming class. You want to talk about a gamble and how to try to figure that out. That is not easy now for any team because of that transfer portal. Again, the good and the bad of the transfer portal to try to get two players and convince them to come. And uh, it's just going to be interesting moving forward seeing how the quarterback position is handled through the portal. Uh, I, I, I just find that really intriguing because, you know, look – uh, Jake may say, I don't give a damn who Dylan is. I'm coming there to win the job and be the quarterback of the University of Georgia, the heck with everybody else. And he may say, I just want to be a bulldog and compete and do the best I can. Uh, I mean, at least it gives an options where you're not Bryce Ramsey and you're locked in for four years. I can't believe there's a Bryce Ramsey re- reference on this show all of a sudden. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, though, too, I think with, with what you're saying is, uh, you know, how do you answer the questions at quarterback? I think one of the ways you answer it is probably with the transfer portal. It, yeah. Georgia may, it may be the case that if Georgia can't land Riola, they can't land a Merklinger, you know, do they go to the portal for a second guy maybe to go with Ryan Puglisi, who seems like he's pretty firmly locked in? Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write that possibility off at all. I, I don't think that that's the craziest thing I've heard by some, some measure. Uh, you know, I think that an experienced guy to come in, you know, and you're going to have experience on the roster, but you need numbers first and foremost, yeah. and you're going to have to get the best guy available. I think they would love to do it with two underclassmen, but if it comes down to it, I think that, uh, you know, you could definitely see them look that way. Well, it, I, I, I hope Jake has a chance to go wherever he wants to go, and I'm excited to see him. It's no doubt in what uh, you and Chad Simmons have talked and written about with this young man. He looks like a great prospect, and I just love Georgia to have plenty of options in that quarterback room, that's for sure. Jake, great stuff. Thank you, sir. We will talk with you again next week. All right. Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you.